This all started in museums and galleries. Now it's in classrooms, in country towns. This should not be here. It's a human being in a box. This is the stuff of empires. There is a great betrayal. We're not slaves, we're African. It's the stuff the British stole. I just don't believe that. It just does not stand up. From ABC Australia and CBC Podcasts, six brand new podcast episodes for free worldwide, available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom Power here on Q. For Bobby Rush, the rise to fame has not been easy. He started life in rural Louisiana in the 30s, picking cotton. In the 40s, he took to the Chitlin Circuit, earning money to get to Chicago. But along the way, he played with blues legends like Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, and B.B. King, and fashioned his own blues sound. Now, here's the thing about Bobby Rush. He has never let people change him, especially not white-run record companies. And that's meant that he's often had to navigate the music landscape all by himself which is not always easy. It's actually not ever easy. Uh, And as you'll hear in this conversation with Tom Power, he had to navigate the racism of the Jim Crow era and segregation across the United States. After decades of making music, Bobby finally got his first Grammy in 2017 at age 83. He got another one four years later, and now he's back with his latest record. It's called All My Love For You. Say you're gonna leave me Gonna put me down Find you another man Way across town One of these old days, baby You're gonna wish You had a man like me Bobby Rush talked to Tom Power about his impressive career in music and his new album from his home in Jackson, Mississippi. And I should say, it was a bit of a scratchy line so just a heads up. Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Tom, for, for being such a great host. Uh, you just said you've been my fan for a long time. That means you've been knowing me for a long time. That means I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Tom, I said it in, in a joke of passion. I had to laugh about it because the only way you don't get old, you die young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are, don't get the privilege of getting old, hey? That's right. Yeah, and then you know, you know, I would just want to let people know that uh, I've been recording this year for a little better than seventy years, and I have uh, four hundred and nineteen records. I've been up for a Grammy uh, six times, and I won two of those. I've been up for a Blues Award forty-one times, and I won nineteen of those. So I've been here for a while, and I've had some ups and downs, but my good overtake the bad. 419 records? Yes, 419. Just this this record you have in your hand now, all my love for you make 419. That's a lot of records, Bobby. Well, not not many records for old man. (laughs) (laughs) Is that singles and all that stuff too, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's 73 LP, the rest of them singles. Back, back, back in those days, could you do multiple takes or did you just kind of, I know, like, I'm a big fan of the old bluegrass groups like the Stanley Brothers. And what I what I can't get over about those bands is that oftentimes they would just kind of go in and they'd have one shot to get it. Did you did you get no. multiple takes back then? 
Man, no. If you if you miss, you miss. If you hit, you hit. So you had one chance to get it most of the time. And you had to be ready for it when it comes, man. You know, just hope the rat don't come across the floor or a cat don't growl and the dog don't bark, you know? <laughs> let, me, let me go. I want to listen to a song off the record that I think that lets me open up a little bit about, about your life up to this point. Take a listen to this. We've come a long way, but i got a long way to go. Things I used to do down in Louisiana, I don't do no more. I used to carry water 15 miles for 50 cents a day. It's a shame a boy, nine years old, had to work so hard every day. Bobby Rush's new album is called All My Love For You. That's a song called I'm Free. Bobby, that song, um, that song is kind of about your life, especially your life as a young man. I want to, I want to ask you some questions about that. So you grew up on a farm in rural Louisiana, in the in the 30s and 40s. What what was life like on the farm back then? We thought we were rich, didn't know we were poor because everybody around us lived the same way and the same attitude, didn't have anything. So we didn't know we was poor, but you see other people doing a little bit better, than you find out you wasn't doing good at all. But uh, this kind of record reminds me of Sam Cooke, Change Gonna Come. I'm free, I'm free. Look at me. Got the shackles off my feet and the chains off my mind. What were the what were what what what, what shackles are you talking about there? I'm talking about uh, your, your lack of opportunities to do things. The, the, uh, you, you're uneducated. Uh, you can't go in place and do things that you want to do. Because I came up when you couldn't drink out of a certain fountain, had a, a black fountain and a white fountain. You had to drink water out of out of the black fountain. You couldn't drink water out of where the white people drink water. You know, now you can. So I'm free. And, and, and even, even that's the things I cannot do, Tom. But, uh, but I'm free enough in my heart and head that you can't stop my mind from doing what being free. Yeah. Because I'm free in mind. My mind is free. If I want to pray, I can pray. If I want to sing, I can sing. If I want to play a guitar, I can play my guitar. I'm just free to do this, you know. I don't have to spell it out. I don't have to write it down. I'm free. Yeah, I love that. That, that guitar you're talking about, I heard your first guitar had one <laughs> one string on it. Is that true? That's true. Uh, and I broke that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's your, you're, you're in hard shape if you got one string on your guitar and you break that one. Yeah, and I break that one. <laughs> you know, I had this one string guitar. But I started off with a with a bottle at the bottom and a brick at the top. I would get the sound like, dream, dream, dream. And one day the brain broke and the brick fell and hit me in the head. I got real smart. I reversed the brick at the bottom, put the bottle at the top. So in case of it fall, it wouldn't lease, it wouldn't hurt me as bad. So then I come to the sound like Elmo down, And that's where that sound comes, you know. And and that's all I had. That's all I had. Where could you hear the music? Were there were there clubs around? Were there bars around to hear yeah, the music? Yeah, there was a little little juke joints around, like box up and people the houses. What a what a, a weekend to get together and go dance and uh, play the jukebox, and I, uh, I listen to WLAC radio station in Nashville, Tennessee, because uh, it was it was a it was a music that 
that most white people didn't even play on the radio. Mm. Wait, were you listening to any country music at the time? Yeah, my first record, my first artist, man, and song that I was fell in love with, man, was called You Get the Hook and I Get the Pole, Bay. Yeah. You Get the Hook and I Get the Pole, we're going down to the crawdad hole. You get a line, I'll get a pole, honey. You get a line, I'll get a pole, babe. You get a line, I'll get a pole, we'll go down to crawdad Man, when I heard that man, oh man, I was this this was heaven for me. I love that old song. Yeah, you get a you get a line and I'll get a pole. Yeah, man, you get a line, I get a pole. Then muddy water will come on now. Hoochie coochie man, mm. I'm here. Yeah, Mo Jane would, would come on talking about just my bro. I don't get up in the morning, I believe I just my bro. Oh man. Yeah. I'll whoop me I'll talk about I wore my party for so long. It made my shoulder so It's no, yeah, there's nothing better than those old recordings. So like, oh, so so hold on. Why did you? I mean, I can probably guess the answer to this, but what, what what was the moment you decided you needed to get out of the South? What I was told was better places to live better opportunity education-wise and musical. And as a black man who sang the blues, I could be able to do some things I could not do in the South. So I didn't have enough money to go to Chicago where I wanted to go, but I had enough money to go to Memphis, Tennessee, where B.B. King and, and Ruth Thomas and uh, Sonny Bob Williams were living. And I worked on the street for $3.50 a week. And I got enough money there to go to Chicago. I thought I was going to be free and could do the things I wanted to do. Then I got a job working $7 a night, me and three-piece band, $7 a night. Then we were working in a place called Skins, what we played behind a curtain for the people want to hear our music but not see our face. Hold on, I know that story. Can you can you tell me more about that? So you were playing a club in Chicago, and back in those days, it was they, they would hang a curtain down so they could hear your music, but they didn't want to see black performers doing it. Is that right? When the curtain closed, the band started playing. You could hear the music, but you couldn't see who was playing it. Because most, 90% of the time, the blue, blue were played by black guys. And, and, and the white audience, they want to see white guys play, or black guys play. Now, later on, then the white guys start to play. And they used to play it just as good or better. But what bothered me about that, they don't tell where it comes from. Yeah. The second yeah. thing that bothered me about that, you got black guys now who trying to sound like black guys, yeah. who trying to sound black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you had all these white performers. For one, they were playing, they, you're, like I said, they were playing the blues pretty good. 
but they yeah. weren't they weren't talking about where they got this music from. They were acting like they were acting like uh, like they, they invented it. Yeah, right. And and they but, weren't given opportunities to people who they they didn't tell they didn't tell where it come from. Who was give the black guy a little credit? Yeah, a little bit of credit and a little bit of money too. You know. Oh yeah, well when it, when you get credit, money come with it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Money come with it. You know. How was torn back then during segregation and during Jim Crow? I mean, you hear all kinds of stories about, you know, people playing for these massive audiences and playing big theaters, couldn't find a place to sleep. Did you get any of that? You couldn't find a place to sleep. If you had that money, you couldn't come in. You know, you didn't have the money anyway. But if you had the money, you couldn't come in. You have to color your skin. Yeah. Well, I remember I went to Cleveland, Mississippi back in 1955 and 56. There was a chef in town that I got to know. He goes to work morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, get off 3.30, 4 o'clock. And I would change my voice. My name is a Chef Donaldson, mm-hmm. and I got this little black guy, well, the colored guy at the time, uh, named Bobby Rush. Would you let him have a room? I come down three for in the morning. I would get a room sometime like that. and He wow. had the hotel five or six o'clock in the morning before the chef come back to come to work. But he didn't know I was doing it on his name. And they'll let me in because they thought I had some clout with the chef department. That's I mean that's that that's something you had to do, something you had no choice oh, but to do. Oh, that was a little survivor. I had no place to say, man. It yeah. was survivor. Yeah. It was survivor, you know. We'll be right back. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let's listen to another track from uh, from the album. Take a listen to this. I was born in the country in a one-room country shack. Left home when I was 15 with a guitar on my bike. I went to Chicago, y'all, in 1952. B.B. and Muddy Water showed me how to play the blues. I'm the one. Tell y'all, I'm the one. That's my guest, Bobby Rush, and I'm the one from his new album, All My Love For You. What was it like when you got to meet some of these people that you had been admiring for so long? Like, what was it like when you finally got to meet B.B. King? Oh, man, I took it for granted. B.B. King, Muddy Water. The time he and B.B. King both give me the time to talk to me about anything I want to talk about. Did they give you any advice? Did they, did they give you advice? You know, I guess the best advice was to see them be successful doing what they're doing, and that inspired me. That was advice. But I don't think Muddy Water gave me no sound advice like what I should do business-wise, because he always talk about how much reefer he could smoke, how many ladies he had, and how long he could stay up, how much whiskey he could drink. I want to know about the music, you know, because I want to own my master's, 
I want to own my songs. I want to write. I want to learn about the business. Now, I didn't have nobody around me to teach me about the business other than seeing them doing what they do that inspired me. I guess that's a hip advice. Well, let's let, let's stay with that for a second because, I mean, you've done that in your music. You've managed yourself. You've done your bookings yourself. You drove yeah. yourself. You produced yourself. You handled pretty much everything yourself. But the, but the control you had over your career, like, was that because, I mean, was, there, was any of that because, you know, white run record labels back in those days, I mean, even now, you know, they, they didn't do well by black artists. They were always trying to change black artists. They were trying, they would try to present a different version of black artists. Like, did, did, did you have any of that? Oh, yeah. I had the same thing then that I have now. Because, you know, now you have, um, well, you promote records back then. The day you go from radio station to radio station, try to get it on the air. Sometimes you pay under the table through your nose, the black market ever trying to get your record in the door. Now you can get in the door a little bit better, but now you got to have quality, you got to have the studio, and most of the time, guess who owned the record? And the, and the TV station, and the radio station, and the newspapers. Most of the time, it's not black people. A lot of times, black people have done some writing, but they don't only control it. You got to also write about what the editor wants them to write. Mm. If, if the editor don't want them to write certain things, about the music and about certain people, then you don't get your story told. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know what you mean by that. So, you, so you're 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 carrying on then, you know, and then you're you're playing clubs and you're doing gigs and you're putting out records. But everything kind of changes for you in 1971 when you put out Chicken Heads. <laughs> Without your love. Big song, man. That was that's how I first heard about you. Like when when, when Chicken Heads blew up, like did your did your career change overnight? Did things get bigger? Yeah, for you? overnight, overnight, overnight. In the U.S., I had the number one record. Jane Brown had number two. Mm. Bill Willard had number three. Amazing. That was a big record. But I didn't know how to take advantage. I was still working for Peanuts, man. Because when I first started this business, it wasn't about the money issue. It was about the love of it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to keep going without getting that recognition and without getting the money. Because I mean, I think it was 2017 when uh, you you got your first Grammy after all those years. 83 years old. And the Grammy goes to Porcupine Meats. <laughs> Bobby Rush. Wow. Thank God, first of all, for letting me be here long enough to get one of these. I said it because this is my 374 records. And finally, and finally. What, what did that mean to you to win a Grammy? Mean everything. I didn't know it mean everything. People started calling me, and, I, and where I was working at 98% like juke joints and clubs and what have you. Now the festival started coming in, but I never crossed out. I was always all managed to wear these two hats. So many of my colleagues crossed over and then and they crossed out. Right. They they crossed over into a predominantly white audience, but they crossed and out, then, meaning they lost their their initial core black audience. 
And you you got you got some couple of two or three black blues singers out there now. Really good. But black people don't know they don't know who they are. Yeah. And you didn't want that. You wanted to make sure that didn't happen. I didn't want that. Yeah. Now I think I'm the oldest blues singer, black blues in this category. We have some musician old. My category to my man with 419 records. I don't think it's non-living. No, I don't think so either. Was were you mad? Was there any anger at all, Bobby? That like it had taken you this long for the Grammys to recognize you? No, no, no. I w- I wasn't mad. I was straight because I think the thing that happened to me is lack of knowledge. I didn't have the I didn't, I just didn't have the knowledge and how to do what I need to do. I know that was a black and white issue. Reading, I didn't get some things that I've gotten. But but then again, when I look back on my situation as my where I, where I come from, my mother is blonde, had blue eyes. Yeah, your mom was white passing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would have to deny me being her son a lot of times. And my daddy was her chauffeur. He was not her husband. He was a husband at home. And he was my father always at home. A lot of times. When I was small, it didn't bother. When I got old enough to see the separation with the black, that was a hurt situation. Seeing my daddy had to take low and seeing he had to look at and take what people say to his wife. They didn't know that was his wife. Yeah. And then, and I had to sit back in the back of the wagon knowing that's my mother and she, and she had to deny me being her son. Yeah. That was a I mean, that's so that's so painful. I can't imagine it, you know. And I didn't understand, you know, being a child, I didn't understand the racial thing. But out of all of that, I don't have no chips on my shoulder. And I'm not mad with nobody. I'm not mad with nobody. I just want to live and do well this little time I got left in my life. How many more years you gonna put me down? Bobby, what what keeps you, maybe this is a good way to close things off. I mean, the thing about this is that you're still going. You mentioned you're like, you're the the oldest, you're the, you're the last of the, you know, the original sort of black blues singers. You're the oldest one still going. Um, A lot of folks your age would have, would have given it up by this point and be sitting home. You know, I just talked to, who did I just talk to? Jimmy Carter from the Blind Boys of Alabama. And he told me, Uh you know, he said he's off the road now. He, he, you know, he, he, he stopped doing it and he sends the the band out without him. I was with him when he come off the road and retired. You, you were with Jimmy when he got off the road? When he come off the road, I was right there by his side holding his hand. Wow. Where was that? In uh, Alabama. Yeah. I think I... I get my strength from, I'm still enthused. I'm still learning. I'm still have hope. Thank God for the hope. Whatever reason, God has given me this inside depth saying that I can make it. And if you see me make it, maybe, just maybe, someone will say, I can make it too. Listen, can you pick a song off the record for us to play? What What do you want to hear off the record? Uh, play this. Have 
you ever been mistreated by someone you shouldn't have loved? Have you ever been mistreated by someone you shouldn't have loved? Out of all the men my woman could have left me for, she left me for the garbage man. I ever get my woman to come back home? I'm going to buy myself a garbage truck. If I ever get my woman to come back home, people, I'm going to buy myself a garbage truck. When my garbage can't get full, I'm going to take it and dump it way, way, way out in the woods. That's the blues. Bobby Rush, oh my God, it's spectacular, man. Nice to hear you on the harp, too, by the way. <laughs> you're sounding, Thank you so much. You're buddy. sounding good in that all thing. All my love for you, not just you, for all you listening, <laughs> for all the people that you come in contact with your show. So, Tom, thank you. I love it. Can we hear a song from your record? And then he just plays one live. That's Bobby Rush for you. There's nobody like him. He is a blues legend. And his latest album is called All My Love For You. It's out now. And that was his conversation with Tom Power. Let's hear some uh, some more music from that album. Okay, here's Bobby Rush with I'll Do Anything For You. Out of all the women in this world God made You know, you know he made you for me. And if you, if you, if you're lost out in the ocean, you know I will swim the deep blue sea. From his latest album, that is Bobby Rush with I'll Do Anything For You. Before that, you heard Tom's conversation with the one and only blues musician. The Grammy-winning artist uh, is now 89 years old. You can hear Bobby's new album, All My Love For You, wherever you get your music now. He also has live dates. He is touring across the United States now through November. That's it for this episode of Q, but there is another new episode for you today in your feed. It's Tom's conversation with filmmaker Justine Trier, who has done the... The cool thing in her film where you see it, you watch it, and you're kind of maybe not sure how it ended. She'll tell you why she is more interested in murky emotional territory than the good versus bad binary and about winning the Palme d'Or. She's actually the only the third woman to win that top prize at Cannes in the festival's 76-year history. Kind of a big deal. You can find that conversation in your feed. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. I'll see you next time.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.